We're thankful this morning that Jesus saves, say amen. And if you're grateful today that he's still changing lives all around the world, say amen. He is doing a great work today, and we praise him for that. Well, this morning is Faith Promise Sunday, and every year I just want to remind you that every year our church participates in giving financially to support the World Evangelism Fund. In fact, the goal that the Church of the Nazarene sets for us to raise each year equals about 5.5% of, of all the, the total dollars that we raise um, every year. Um, that means by the end of this church year, you will have given um, just over $30,000 for the World Evangelism Fund, which means that in the last 10 years, we've given uh, well over $300,000 for the World Evangelism Fund for missions all around the world. I think that's something to celebrate this morning. Can we celebrate that? What a wonderful thing that God has done, how he's blessed Every dollar that we raise through World Evangelism Fund goes to support our denominational missionaries and, and, and ministries. Catch this. Are you ready? 162 different world areas. We're a global church. Aren't you glad? The Church of the Nazarene is a global church. And some of you participate in giving to the World Evangelism, Evangelism Fund through the offerings taken at Thanksgiving and Easter. Um, but the last couple of years, as you know, um, we've begun to give, and many of you have participated in giving through um, Faith Promise. Um, and I just want to take a second this morning, in case you're not familiar with Faith Promise, to remind you what Faith Promise is. Would you watch the screen with me this morning? Faith Promise is giving a statement of faith in action. It's a faith-stretching exercise where we collectively pray, believe, and give funds for missions. It reminds us all we have a responsibility to pray, give, and go. Each year, our denomination asks us to give back 5.5% of every dollar we raise to world evangelism. But the faith promise giving brings it down to an individual level. We get to ask the Holy Spirit, what is the part that we play in the overall mission? It's a process of us and God working together towards His kingdom purpose. As we pray, we believe that God will give each of us the amount we need to give in a faith promise. God's way is a much better way of working out how much we're going to give in our missions. We trust Him to be faithful in this promise. It's a great opportunity for us to see God at work. We will see God's faithfulness demonstrated through His provision. Faith Promise is for everyone, adults, youth, children. It's in addition to our weekly giving. As we engage with Faith Promise, it draws us near to God and matures our faith. In faith, we believe that God is going to enable us to give to the kingdom work of the Church of the Nazarene in 162 different world areas. When we engage in Faith Promise giving, our involvement shows that we believe that through us, God wants to bring the culture of heaven to earth that the gospel can and will change lives, that faith and prayer are an important part of our walk with God, and that God is going to release to and through us the promised amount. Will you join us prayerfully considering how much you would give to missions each year? It could be a weekly, monthly, or a one-time gift. Your faith promise is a promise to God. It's not a pledge to the church. No one will be checking up on your giving record. Once God has given you amount that you are believing for, follow the prompts of the Holy Spirit to pray, give, and go. Faith promise is not about what God will do for you. It's about what God will do through you. 
However, when God is doing something through you, He's going to do something in you, and that's going to transform you into the image of Christ. Fill in the card and join us on the greatest adventure of helping transform the world around us by partnering with the Holy Spirit to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. In this past year, uh, this past church year, uh, in fact, last year at this time, about $19,000 was pledged um, through P Faith Promise. And year to date so far, which our church year ends the end of May, so we have another Sunday or two, year to date so far, just over $12,000 has come in on those pledges. So if you pledged last year and you haven't had a chance yet to, to fulfill that pledge, there's still an, today and another week or so um, to be able to help us fulfill last year's commitments. As we look forward to the new year, though, um, which begins on June the 1st, um, we're asking for new faith promise commitments so that we can reach even more people around the world for the gospel. Can I remind you today, every dollar that you give will go to help reach people for the kingdom of God. If you believe, can I ask you this again, if you believe that Jesus is still saving souls and changing lives, say amen. And there's a great, we're part of a global church, there's great things happening, and we can give. This is just one way. Today in your pew, um, if you would, grab these with me. brochure and a commitment card there um, for you to take a look at. If you don't have one, there's not one near to you, just lift your hand. We've got guys there in the back that can, that can bring you one, so um, just lift your hand. We'll get that for you. Um, it goes into more de detail, and we'll give you instructions about the commitment card at the conclusion of the service. Um, we are a missional church. We believe in being a part of seeing lives changed all around the world, and this is a simple way for us all to be a part of of that. Today is a part of our Faith Promise Sunday. We've invited Dr. Nina Gunter to come and join us today and share with us. Dr. Gunter is a, is a preacher, teacher, author, and general superintendent emerita in the Church of the Nazarene. She was elected general superintendent at the 26th General Assembly in Indianapolis in 2005, the first woman to be honored with the highest office in the church. In June of 2009, uh, at the 27th General Assembly in Orlando, uh, she was bestowed the honor of general superintendent emerita. Dr. Gunter was called to, to uh, preach at the age of 12 years old, and upon answering her call to ministry at age 14, think about this, age 14, her pastor asked her to speak in the next church service. I'm sure she remembers that, right, um, that, that request. Later, as an ordained elder in the Church of the Nazarene, she was co-pastor with her husband um, in churches in the states of Tennessee, Missouri, and South Carolina. She served as, for 15 years as the South Carolina District Na uh, Nazarene Missions International uh, President. And beginning in 1976, she was the uh, NMI Council Representative for the Southeast Region. And from that office, eventually elected as the Global Director of Missions in 1986. In her 20-year tenure as Global Missions Director, she saw many new mission programs uh, and many dollars raised, but most of all, she watched as God worked in powerful ways to see lives changed all around the world. It's impossible to calculate, and I'm just throwing this in because I thought about it this week. It's impossible to calculate on this side of heaven the number of lives that are changed because that have been changed for the kingdom, for God, because of Dr. Gunter's leadership. Would you join me today in welcoming? She's going to come in just a moment after I read the text, but would you join me in welcoming her today? Would you join me? Thank you. Thank you. Would you stand with me this morning as we read God's word today? 
The passage comes from Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 18. And Jesus came up, came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. I'm going to get a little closer to you if that's all right. Throughout my life, I enjoyed reading the NMI missions books, and I still do. Then one day, I discovered the greatest missions book in all the world of all times, the Word of God. If missions were taken out of the Bible, there wouldn't be anything left but the covers. For we serve a missionary God, and his book, the Bible, is a missionary book from Genesis through the Revelation. All four of the New Testament gospel writers, think about this, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, end their gospel with the great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's commission, his commandment to go to all the world, it it still calls us to active engagement. We read about it. We sang about it this morning, that God so loved the world, the world, That includes everybody, doesn't it? Not just us, but thank God it includes us. But it includes the whole world. And Peter said, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And aren't we glad? In Luke's writings, Christ came to seek and to save those who are lost. And in the Scripture that was just read, known to us as the Great Commission, our Lord says, remember, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Did you catch that word, remember? I want to share with you this morning from this scripture four declarations of confidence as we remember our Lord's great commission to his followers, which we are, the followers of Christ. First of all, remember God's power. There in verse 18, Jesus said, All authority, all power is given to me in heaven and on earth. Do you realize if we tackle only what we can do In our power, we don't need God. But God has given us an assignment that we cannot do in our own strength. We need God's power working in us. 
Mary Slessor, a Scottish missionary to Calabar many years ago, said, God plus one is a majority. God is with us to help us do the task he's called us to do. God's power is available power. It's not about our ability, but it's about our availability for God's ability. God releases his power to the church <clears throat> for the doing of his mission. In fact, ministry that happens here is a result of God releasing his power through you, enabling you to do his ministry. It was in 1986. My husband was serving as district superintendent in South Carolina, the home state for both of us, and he was elected as finance director for our Nazarene denomination. Uh, three weeks later, I was elected as the global NMI director. So all of this necessitated a move from South Carolina to Kansas City, where our headquarters is located. The very next year, 1987, was the year for what we call the regional conferences throughout the world. Every region, all six of those outside the U.S. at that time, had a regional conference. So we were to participate in those. The very first one was Africa. And before we were ready to go, I received a phone call from Harmon Smelsenbaugh. Now, if you've been around the Church of the Nazarene any time at all, you know that name. By the way, just went to heaven about six weeks ago. Lifelong missionaries, lifelong missionary family. So he called and said, you know, we're here, Beverly and I are here to open our work in Kenya, to begin the Church of the Nazarene in Kenya. And would you, could you arrange in coming to Africa that you would come by Nairobi? I have something I want to talk to you about. So we made that arrangement. And after we were there just for a few minutes, uh, and Harmon had enough energy for 10 people. So uh, I was hoping I could have some of his energy for the assignment he had for us. So we got in his Jeep, rode across to Nairobi, and we came to this property, 70 acres of land. At that time, a game reserve. So we, we four got out of the car, uh, the Jeep, and we stood there. And Harmon said, God has given me a vision to start Africa Nazarene University. And this property is available to us. So I want us to join hands and pray and embrace the vision that God has given us and believe that God will help us do it. So we did just that. We four held hands and prayed. Now, I admit to you, I watched and prayed because there were some wild animals running around us out there. And I didn't want to be the lutz for any lion. So we prayed. And you know, I think, the rest of the story of what happened. God brought that vision to reality. And in 1998, Africa... Nazarene University, a liberal arts university, graduated its first class. And I had the privilege 
to be there several times. In fact, just three years ago, the president called and she said, we want you to come and be our commencement speaker. Well, I was already going to Swaziland at the university there, Nazareth University, to be their uh, commencement speaker. So I went there and then flew up to Nairobi to be the commencement speaker at Africa Nazarene University. And as I was sitting on the platform and everything was outdoors, I turned to the president, Dr. Leah Barungu, and I said, how many, how many people would you say are here today? She said, oh, they've told me at least 13,000 people are here. How many graduates do we have? She said, about 1,300 graduates. I was so thankful they did not call everybody name by name. <laughs> but, oh, what an excitement. And as I sat on the platform and I shared the story when I spoke of how God gave the vision and how the church embraced the vision of our missionary and God brought this university to reality. This is the power of God. God has always blessed the church of the Nazarene. And let me say this up front. We're not the only church. Did you know there are going to be people in heaven besides Nazarenes? Thanks be to God. But I'm, I pray and I, I do believe there are going to be some Nazarenes there. But uh, I'm representing today <clears throat> what the church of the Nazarene is doing in missions. And God is mightily blessing us. 20 years ago, and I don't know if you have this chart to put up there, but 20 years ago, you know how many congregations, Nazarene congregations there were worldwide? 10,000. You know how many congregations today, just 20 years later? 31,000 congregations. Membership 20 years ago, 1.2 million. 1.2 million. Today, our membership worldwide is 2.5 million. We're doubling in membership every 20 years in the Church of the Nazarene. I want to tell you, folks, the church is not dying. It's changing, and by the way, the church has always changed because God calls us to minister to the culture. The culture changes. That's not compromise. That is fulfilling the mission of the Lord. 2.5 million. 20 years ago, the Church of the Nazarene had presence registered in 119 countries, and today has, has been stated 162 countries. God is mightily blessing. I kind of like to say it like this. The Church of the Nazarene is in more countries with the gospel than McDonald's is with hamburgers. By the way, those are like trivia. McDonald's is in 122 countries. I've had the privilege in my ministry with the church to be in, in more than, a, uh, I think it's 104 countries of the world. God is blessed to, uh, mightily to be able to minister for the church in, that, in those areas. And sometimes we would be so far back out in the bush the people gave us the best they could give us to eat. But remember, I'm from the South. We like it fat and fried. 
So we would get back there and eat the bush and not dare ask what, what we were eating. But when we would leave there and get back to the big cities, we would begin to look for those golden arches. And we'd say, thank you, God, for McDonald's. Their mantra became ours. I'm loving it. <laughs> but we're grateful for what God has done. Can you see how all of this is happening? And we thank God for that. God gives us wonderful opportunities. I think of some of those opportunities you have to support the mission ministry of the Church of the Nazarene through work and witness, and you're involved in that. Last week in our, uh, last year in our denomination, over 11,000 people participated in work and witness, and that worked out about 15 teams a week going out there. Think of the more than 300 years of labor to help our missionaries and our national leaders. And an alabaster, a tremendous money for alabaster, and the Jesus film ministry that but now it's been in operation for 22 years. I remember we started that ministry because I was the NMI director at that time. And now the report is over 16 million, 16 million decisions for Christ through the ministry of Church of the Nazarene with the Jesus film. Yeah, I remember when we started that. I remember for the first time meeting Dr. Bill Bright, who was at that time with Campus Crusade for Christ. And he told me how God gave him the vision for the Jesus film. And he said, you know, I realize we go into a place, show the film, and people accept the Lord, but what are we going to do with them? We're not a denomination. So the thought came to him, let's partner with denomination and mission agencies. So they partnered with 16. By the way, the Church of the Nazarene, because of the strength, hear this, of our infrastructure, we were able to follow through and show the Jesus film and follow up to conserve the, the, uh, the efforts and, and the, the, the disciples and continue the ministry he said, more than anybody else, we have a strong infrastructure that knows how to get the job done. They'll say, thanks be to God for that. And World Mission Broadcast that you support. The Church of the Nazarene is broadcasting the gospel by radio and television in 72 countries. Think about that. And you might have read this not long ago. I think two or three months ago, in Nazarene News, that most recently the Church of the Nazarene began broadcasting by way of satellite in 25 countries in the Arab world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, in your giving, to faith promise, Easter offering, Whatever you give, it all goes to the same purposes, however you want to give it. It all goes to the same purposes, and God is blessing in a mighty way. That World Evangelism Fund that your pastor mentioned supports approximately 700 missionaries and their families in the Church of the Nazarene, and they originate from 60 
countries. Isn't it amazing how great God is? I can remember when about every missionary was from the United States and Canada, two or three from the British Isles. But today, they're from 60 countries. You see, God knows the future. And there are some countries that don't welcome missionaries from the United States. That's all right. God was preparing others to go. So God raised up missionaries from other countries and other cultures, and they are being sent. And we thank God for the vision and the wisdom of the church. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Eddie, my president. Thank all of you for your giving to missions. It, 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 it's bringing great results. You know, as I've traveled across the church for decades now, it's amazing what people think, isn't it? And I've met a few people who seem to think that we must have a factory at Nazarene headquarters where we print money. I'd say to people, hey, there's no money at, at Nazarene headquarters. That's not where the money comes from. We have a treasurer that, that processes what comes in and then sends it out to the mission fields. But you know where it comes from? It comes from you. And those congregations just like you all over the world who give to missions, that's where the money comes from. That's why we say thank you. This is a report of your investment in the mission of God. Then I've met a few people who seem to think that that we must have a factory at headquarters where we crank out missionaries. Said, no, that's not where missionaries come from. I've heard their stories across the years of how God called them. You know where missionaries come from? Local churches, families that talk about missions, that pray about missions, that encourage young people to answer God's call to be missionaries. Pray that the Lord of harvest will send for workers. And I want to encourage you to do that and nurture and disciple and train the younger ones especially to answer God's call for missionary service. The Church of the Nazarene has a strong spiritual influence throughout the world. In Africa now, our church is in 42 of the 54 countries of Africa, many of them way down on the poverty list, but it doesn't stop them at all. Back some years before, I was going to, my husband and I were going to Mozambique. I received a call not long before we were to leave from someone who had just been to Mozambique. And they said, oh, now to be sure you, you pack some soap, bars of soap. I said, soap? What do I need soap? They said, there's no soap over there. There's no soap in the country. There's no soap in the hotels. So be sure you take some soap. Well, we decided we can't just take soap for us. We want to take as much soap as we can. So my husband and I bought soap, and we bought soap, and we bought soap. And we didn't want to put it in our suitcase so it would make it too heavy. So we hand-carried three bags of soap all the way from Kansas City to Mozambique. When we got through, we were able to get through customs, and we uh, were greeted 
by the district superintendent and his wife there in Maputo. And before he started the little car, I reached across from the back seat, and I said, I have something for you. And we hand, my husband and I handed him three bags of soap. He and his wife opened those bags. They began to look at it, and tears began to flow down their cheeks. And he said, wait a minute before we go. He literally made praying hands and looked up and thanked God for the soap. Oh, friends, we are blessed people. You know that? Aren't you blessed this morning? But you know why you're blessed? So that you'll be a blessing. We're not going to keep everything for ourselves. We're going to share with others so they will see Christ in us. We also have a strong presence in, in the Eurasia region. I think of Bangladesh. If we hadn't been there too long, but long enough to really make a difference in that country. We, the Church of the Nazarene is the largest evangelical church in Bangladesh. And it was in 2010 that I received a call from that, that time, the present Board of General Superintendents. And uh, they said, even though you are retired, and because they bestowed emeritus on me, uh, if they call on you, you can do anything an active general does. So they said, we want you to go to Bangladesh. There are 193 candidates to be ordained in one district assembly. Now, you go to district assemblies and you see the ordination anywhere from 2, 3, 5, 10. But they said 193. So we're taking four general superintendents to Bangladesh to help us ordain 193 candidates. And they said to me, 30 of them are women and they never ordained a woman in Bangladesh for, as an elder. So I was privileged to go and participate in that four-hour ordination service under a hot tent, but it was also hot with the presence of the Lord, for God was there. What a privilege. And the church continues to grow in, in great, great ways. In the Middle East, we have ministry in Lebanon, Church of Nazareth in Israel, Syria, Egypt, Iraq, Turkey, Pakistan, and Jordan. In fact, I asked a general superintendent about three weeks ago, how's our work in Pakistan? He said, we just had the district assembly, and the DS reported over one 1,000 baptisms in the Church of the Nazarene in Pakistan last year. Aren't you glad you support missions? That's you, folks. You're extending the ministry of your church. When you give to missions, it's happening out there all over the world. One of the general superintendents recently sent me this story, and it happened here in Indiana. Listen to it. He said, this, this happened to one of our bivocational pastors in Indiana. He said, the pastor's secular job is to be a limousine driver for embassy personnel. So they asked him at Indianapolis, think of this, airport, you're close to it, to drive King Abdullah of Jordan was coming to Indiana. 
So they asked this bivocational Nazarene pastor <clears throat> who drove a limousine, would he be the driver for King Abdullah? So, of course, the instructions are don't, you, don't speak to your passengers. If they ask you something, you could answer and speak to them. <clears throat> so the king was in the limousine. Bivocational Nazarene pastor driving the limousine. And the king said, what do you do in addition to driving? The pastor said, I'm a pastor. The king asked, what kind of pastor? Well, I'm an evangelical pastor. Well, the king kept pressing, of which church? The pastor said, the church of the Nazarene. The king said, the church of the Nazarene, this is the most, and I quote, this is the most respected Christian church in the kingdom of Jordan. They're the real deal. Thanks be to God for how God blesses that work. Church of the Nazarenes in every state in Mexico. We're in every country in South America, Central America, and the Caribbean. My, how God is blessing what you do, your prayers, your sending, your going, your giving. Remember God's purpose. It's absolutely clear in this scripture. He said, go. Go where? Go to your families. Don't overlook your families. They need God. Your community, your state, the nation, the world. Go to a world that's so broken today and in bondage. Why? Because people are lost without God. There's a man in China, lived in a <clears throat> little village. He became blind. But one day somebody came to him and said, Hey, I heard over in the next village there's a doctor who operates on people's eyes, and they could see. Would you like for me to take you there? Of course, the man said yes. So they went to this missionary doctor, and the missionary doctor examined the man's eyes. He said, oh, I see your problem. You've got a severe case of cataracts, and it's so severe, it's affected for you can hardly see. And he said, I think I can help you. So anyway, long story short, he operated on him, and the man could see. He went back to his village. <clears throat> a few weeks went by, and one day the doctor heard a knock on his little, little uh, uh, office door, and he opened the door, and there stood the man he'd originally operated on, who was blind, and he had with him 48 blind men. <clears throat> he went back to his village, rounded up every blind person he could find, and he said, I want you to go with me. He worked out his little strategy. We could all hold hands. Don't anybody turn anybody loose. And I'm going to take you to that doctor's office. And then there the man stood looking at that missionary doctor, and he said, I need you to do for them for what you did for me. And when I was told that story when I was the general superintendent in China, I thought, boy, that is a parallel to how it is with us. We're redeemed. We've been rescued. We've been reconciled with God. So there's something deep within us that says, I want everybody to know Jesus. I want everybody to be saved because, as we heard sung this morning, this God saves 
So what do we do? We give, we go, we pray so that people will be, be saved because we know that once we were lost, but now we're found. Once we were blind, but now we see. Remember God's presence. Did you catch that in that scripture? He says, I will be with you. <clears throat> There's no God forsaken place. In my ministry, I've had people, preachers and laymen, say to me, I don't know what I'm doing in this God-forsaken place. I said, hold on a minute. According to the Scriptures, there's no God-forsaken place because he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So you can step out in faith on the promises of God and know he will supply every need and he will be with you. Last of all, remember our participation. In several of the translations of this scripture, the last word is the word amen. You know what the word amen means? It means so be it. It means I agree. By the way, preachers like to hear that word. Amen. Because you're saying, <clears throat> I agree with the word of God that you're preaching. You're telling me about. It means, yes, Lord, you can count on me. You know, this WWJD, what would Jesus do? More importantly, we ask, what would Jesus have me to do? What would he have me to do? Friends, our task is not completed. While we rejoice at what God has done, what he's doing today, and the 37 missionaries that were just commissioned in the Church of the Nazarene in February, and General Board, the largest commissioned group since 1980, God's still calling, the church still sending. Our task is not completed. There's still approximately, we're told, 2 billion people, 2 billion people who haven't heard the gospel. No Christian witness, no missionary. And by the way, there are 120 million unchurched people in America. That's about a third of our population. Our task is not done. In closing, you have a faith promise commitment card. Your pastor's going to lead you in. In a service like this, a little boy was seated on the front row. The pastor explained the card and given to, me to support the missionaries and mission ministers of the church. The little boy sat there looking at the card thinking, oh, I wish I could give. I wish I could give. But I don't work. I don't have any money. But in a moment, the little boy had perfect inspiration. So he took a pencil, and in big uneven letters, he wrote across his card, I will give 25 cents a week. I don't have it, but my daddy does. You know, there's good theology in what he said. Anybody here have anything this morning? You don't have a thing. That automobile, that house, nothing. The bank account, you don't have nothing. The Lord owns it all. It's all his. Your father, your daddy has it all. So what does faith promise? Father, what do you, what can I trust you with? What I have faith for you to give through me. That's, that's what we understand. 
It's not what you see you can do. You don't figure God at the end of a pencil. What does God have me to do? What is my faith to trust God and believe Him so that we can let the world know that God saves? God bless you, and thank you for listening. Thank you, Dr. Gunter. Haven't you been blessed this morning? And let me ask you this. Are you blessed today? Oh, my goodness. Come on. Are you blessed? Um, I haven't given thanks for soap recently. Have you? I was thinking back uh, this past year, this past church year. Do you realize that um, through your giving... Um, We've given more to missions than any year in the history of our church. I'm not just talking about faith promise. If you remember, um, we raised money to go to Honduras. We sent a team down there. We raised money for a project. Um, you count all of that plus alabaster plus what you've given for world evangelism. There's been more money raised through our church that have le has left this building to, 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 touch, uh, to touch lives around the world than ever in the history of the church. Think about that. We give God praise for that, amen? Amen, yeah. But I'll also say this, and I, and I hear it shared back to me by some of you. Um, we can't outgive God. We're blessed today. Can I just remind you that as we give, what's God do as we give? Are you blessed? Um, and this morning, I just challenge you. Um, I've just been so touched today in, in re being reminded you said, remember, being reminded about what God is doing all around the world. But can I tell you what the Holy Spirit was whispering to me while I was listening about what God was doing around the world? He was whispering back to me what he's been doing in my life this past year and how he's provided for me and how he's blessed me and how he's helped me and how he's enabled me to do what I didn't think I could do. And I challenge you this morning, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, there is the connection, the, uh, the commitment card that you have there, and, and I, I challenge you today to just pray about, um, what am I, God, what, am I, what would you have me to give so that others can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that others can hear about you? What would you have me to give? And I trust that as you and the Holy Spirit make that decision, that you will, that you will write that down in faith, and, and that you'll take that card, and, and like I've done, and Michelle and I have done, and You'll take that, and, and at some point here this morning, that you'll just drop it in the basket up here. And, and I also understand this. Maybe, maybe you need a little bit of time to pray and to just seek the Lord and, and to hear his voice. And, and it's okay. I encourage you to do that. And over the next couple of weeks, if you can just, uh, that basket will be here. You can turn it in there. You can drop it in the offering plate and, and get that back to us. Um, I just trust that, that God will continue to do incredible things through his people at Columbus First Church of the Nazarene. Can I tell you this morning as your pastor, I love you, and I'm thankful for you, and I'm privileged to be able to serve alongside uh, a church that is willing to give above and beyond to see the gospel of Jesus Christ spread all around the world. And aren't you glad to be a part of the church of the Nazarene today, right? And hear about what God's doing through the church of the Nazarene. And so we thank you, Dr. Gunter, for being with us today. Would you stand this morning as Pastor Travis comes for our benediction today? Amen. Well, we're going to, for the benediction, we're going to read a familiar verse. Uh, it's Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. But I want you to think of it um, not as so much as what it means for you personally, but what it means in just our act of giving ourselves 
and giving financially to God's mission. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. You know, every little bit we give to God of our lives and financially, he can use far more than we could ever ask or imagine. If you believe that, would you say amen? Amen. You're dismissed.